wonderful. Well, the title of my sermon this evening, I hope you don't mind, uh, it's Latin. It's called Imago Dei, Imago Dei. And I hope you don't mind me using Latin. It simply means the image of God. And it comes from a verse in Genesis we're going to read together, Genesis 1, 26 to 27. And the reason I've used this Latin phrase, Imago Dei, uh, the image of God, is because often Bible teachers will use that phrase to talk about what it means, the fact that God made human beings in his image. And you know, on the day that God made Adam and Eve, in his mind, he had Christmas Day on his mind as well. I want to show you that as well this evening as we're preparing for the big day tomorrow. So, Genesis 1, verse 26 to 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the, fle the, the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and Eve over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. What a powerful thing that we see in that verse. God is creating the universe. We see that he has created the worlds. He's created the universe. He's created the animals. He's created the fish, and he's created the birds. But now he's about to create his piece de resistance. He's going to create somebody who actually is, is, is higher than the animals. In fact, this person or these two people, Adam and Eve, are going to be so special that they're going to be made in his image. Let us make them in our image. This is a very important truth, the image of day, the fact that human beings are made in the image of God because uh, when we understand this, our understanding of the worth and the value of every human being begins, begins to grow in our mind. What does it mean to be created as human beings in God's image? Well, first of all, it means that, that human beings are superior to all the other created beings in the world. We are not on the same level as the animal. Now, thank God for the beauty of the created world, the animals, the fish, the birds, because they have the signature of God written all over them. Uh, and we can see what a wonderful God he is to have created such an amazing array of fish and birds and, and the beauty of, of the natural order. But, but we are on a different level altogether as human beings. Dogs and, fla and flowers and, and fish are not made in God's image, but you and I here tonight and every single human being that's ever been born is made in God's image, to reflect God's image, to, to show something about what God is like. Next thing we see in this verse is that God created them male and female, and together they express the image of God. There's something about a true woman of God that expresses something beautiful about who God is. 
And there's something beautiful about a true man of God that expresses something else that's unique to being a man about how beautiful God is. And together, male and female can express the truth of who God is. For God to make us in his image is the most remarkable thing for him to do. What an honor. What dignity he has bestowed on human beings that he didn't just create them as beings, but he said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us make someone in our image that can convey to the world what we are like in our persons and our relationships. Made in his image, in our likeness, God said. This is an image. It's meant to be a reflection, a mirror of God. You know, if you've been around when God created Adam and Eve before they fell into sin, before that time, you'd have been able to, to look at Adam and look at Eve and how they relate together, and they were perfect at that time. And as you looked at them, how they acted, how they related to one another, uh, how, how they, they dealt with the world around them. You would say, you know, when I look at Adam and I look at Eve and how they lived, I see what God is like. They're a mirror reflection of who God is. Isn't that amazing? But of course, we know that something happened in the Garden of Eden, didn't it? Humankind in Adam and Eve fell. They sinned. And when they sinned, guess what happened? That image, that mirror that they were meant to be to everything that God is and to reflect who God is to everything around them, that mirror was shattered by sin. And after that point, when you look at Adam and Eve and all human beings from that time except Jesus himself, you see a shattered image of what God is reflected in human beings. Shattered. Of course, just like a mirror uh, uh, that might be placed on a wall, although the, the, the mirror can be shattered, the frame around it may remain. And so when we look on the world today, this fallen, broken world, how many of you know that this world is not as God created it? When God created the world, there was no sickness, there was no death, there was no sin. There was just a beautiful, ref beautiful reflection of his handiwork in creation and a beautiful, beautiful reflection of who he is in unfallen Adam and Eve. But now, of course, everything shattered. You can still see traces of the image of God in fallen human beings today. We can see that in what we call common grace, that, 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 that God has left in human beings, a remnant of his image in their intellect and in their emotions and in their creativity. We can look around and, and hear beautiful music. We can, we can see beautiful, creative, uh, theatrical arts. Uh, we, we can see how people can, can bring out the best in one another. All of these are faint traces of a shattered image that was to reflect God. Well, I said at the beginning that when God first made human beings in his own image. He had Christmas Day on his mind. Think about this. God created human beings in his image because one day his son was going to come and become 
a human being on earth. This is what we call the incarnation. It's when God became human being. The image of God, God became. We're going to read together exactly how this happened in John chapter 1. First of all, John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, we're going to see that the Word, the second person of the Trinity, created all things. And then we're going to read a little bit later in verse 14 how this same Word that created us in His own image then became one of us. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were created through him, and nothing, and, and without him, nothing was created that was created. There he is, the Word, creating all things, creating us in his image. And then when we go down to John chapter 1, verse 14, here it is. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, when God made human beings in his image, he knew that he needed a creature that could not only reflect who he is, but that one day he could fully manifest himself in this form of a creature so that everybody would see the glory of his grace. We see this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5, where, G where we see it says, Therefore, when Christ Jesus came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. Also, amazing passage to read on Christmas Eve from Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Again, speaking about how God became a human being. I'm going to read this to you. Think about this on Christmas Eve, Philippians 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you all, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking upon himself the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the form of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God highly exalted him and gave him the name which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God, you see, when he created human beings, was preparing a creature through which he could one day fully express and manifest himself. And that's what happened on Christmas Day when Christ was born into the world we, we, we read this, and, and this, this is just a, 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 an amazing uh, a phrase. Let me, let me uh, read it when I find it. Uh, Colossians 2, verse 9. Listen to this. This will knock you out on Christmas Eve. For in Christ, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Think about that. 
in Jesus Christ, born, as we celebrate tomorrow, in Him, in His humanity, in His bodily form, the fullness of God dwelt. Isn't that amazing? We're made in God's image. But when we see the birth of Jesus and the coming of the Son of God into the earth, Jesus was not just the image of God, but he was God himself in human form. That's so powerful. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2. Listen to this. God has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. Uh, when he has appoint, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he has also made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the power of his world. So there we can see again the Christ that created the whole universe is also the express image of the Father. This is why when Jesus said to his disciple Thomas, knowing that he was going to die and be raised and ascend into heaven, he said, I'm going to my Father. And Thomas said, show us the Father. And Jesus said, if you have seen me, Thomas, you have seen the Father. This is amazing. Not only that we are made in the image of God, but God came down as one of us to show us who God really was, what he was like, what his attributes were. How amazing to be a human being. You know, you should pat yourself on the back because God, you may, you, you may not be perfect yet. That's why God sent his son to save us. We've fallen, but you are made in his image. Every human being is absolutely of infinite worth and value because some way they reflect who God is. But it doesn't end there. Listen to this. The Son of God became the Son of Man so that sons of men could become sons of God. That's the Christmas message in a nutshell. I'll say it again. The Son of God became the Son of Man so that sons of men, male and female, could become sons of God. God became man so that man could become like God. Imagine Day, the image of God, that, that shattered image when Adam and Eve fell. God sent his son to bring a restoration so that we could once again begin through salvation to reflect and to become mirrors of God in a fallen world. Now, 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 3 and 4 tells us a little bit about how the Son of God became the Son of Man so that sons of men be could, could become sons of God. 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and excellence, by which he has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, so that through these things you might become partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. Isn't that amazing? 
Jesus took on our nature that we might partake of his nature. If any man is, is born again, he's a new creation. He's in Christ. Not only are you a human being, but if you're in Christ today, if you're saved, then, then you are the body of Christ. You are ref a reflection of Jesus here on the earth. You know, this is important for us to realize that, that God is at work in our lives. That you and I, our, 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 the way we were created to reflect God around us. We were created to be windows through which people could see what God was like. We were created to be God's mirrors so that anybody that looks into your life would see reflected God. Let's ask ourselves this sobering question. If people were to look into the mirrors of our lives over 2016, what image would they see? What image projects out of our soul? What image projects out of our attitudes, our words, and our actions? When someone looks into your life, what do they see reflected? In the workplace, in the neighborhood, and, and, and in marriage, and in the family. Uh, when people look at you, because they are looking at you, what do they see reflected in your thoughts, well, your, your words, your actions, and your attitudes? What do they see? Do they see a fallen world that needs saving? Are they beginning to see in your life more and more God, Jesus, in our lives? Well, we need the Holy Spirit more than ever in these days because the Holy Spirit is the one that's working on restoring the mirror in the Christian life. You know, it's amazing the job of an antique restorer. They, they can take something that, that is, is so broken down and worn and left in some shed for so many years, they can bring it out and through loving care, they can restore that piece of furniture to, to, to what it was like in the original. The Holy Spirit is the restoring work of God in our lives. He's coming in and he, 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 and, and he is touching those that have had their sins forgiven. And he is slowly taking the shattered mirror that is meant to reflect God. And he is putting it back together again. This is what we read in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But we, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Just reflect on that for a moment. As a mirror, we're meant to be reflecting who God is to one another and to everyone around us. And the Holy Spirit is working to transform us into the image of Jesus. You want to see who God is? Look at Jesus. Read the Gospels. Read how he acted. Every word he spoke in the Gospels, every action that he did, every reaction that came from him is a perfect mirror image of his Father. It doesn't stop there, as I've said. And the Holy Spirit is seeking for us to become mirrors of Jesus, to do a work deep, deep, deep down.
proud in our heart because our heart really is the mirror of all things working in us. And the likeness of Jesus is appearing in us by the grace of God. Wow. We are redis rediscovering our created mandate. We are discovering every day as we cooperate with the Holy Spirit and follow the Lord. We are di discovering our destiny. The reason that you have been placed on earth is none other than to be a mirror of God. To reflect Jesus to people in your relations. To reflect Jesus in your words. To reflect it. And it's not something that comes from the outside. It's not religion, but it's something that God is trying to work on the inside. Shine, Jesus, shine out of our lives so that people might be able to look in you and see reflected Jesus and his love, Jesus and his mercy, the Father and his grace. We struggle sometimes. I understand that. We're a work in progress. And that work won't fully be restored until Jesus comes in power and brings his kingdom. But the Holy Spirit has got such plans for us in the coming years. He wants to do a great work in us and through us. He wants us to become mirrors. He wants us to become windows so that London can look at us and see Jesus in us. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. God loves us. God will do this by filling us with his spirit. He is conforming us to his image. He is clothing us with his grace. He is helping us behold his example. Christ in us is the hope of glory. We are Christians. You know what the word, what Christian means, the word Christian? It means a little Christ. God is at work.